0: Thanks for downloading this episode of Updating Ecommerce, a podcast where I talk to leaders and solution providers in e-commerce about current trends, innovation and news in the industry. I'm Dylan Gray, a founder of Boone, a startup combining state-of-the-art AI with psychology research to deliver a new, engaging shopping experience, personalized product recommendations and data-driven insights. <laughs> Today, I'm joined by Nick Stragnall. Nick has an extensive background in e-commerce. He has served as head of e-commerce at global retailer Claire's before moving his talents to the hair and beauty retailer Ellison's. Most recently, Nick's role as head of online trade and experience at Bowdoin saw him take responsibility for well over 600 million pounds of sales globally and integrate AI solutions to improve the online experience of their customers. Nick is now offering his expertise As a consultant. Thank you so much for joining me today Nick.
1: My pleasure, thanks for having me.
0: So we're going to jump straight in with our first question which is in the current climate what should the focus be for e-commerce leaders? Sure,
1: Um, the situation in all areas of retail has changed rapidly over the last few months and continues to evolve evolve at a very high pace. Uh, Perhaps the initial panic and and knee-jerk reactions are starting to die down or at least slow down, but, but the ripples and, and aftershocks of the of the total lockdown we've had in the UK are going to be felt for a long time to come. Um, I think the short-term strategy right now for online retailers is going to fall very much into two very distinct camps. Um, on the one hand, uh, you have some significant, long-established businesses who've migrated from traditional retail into online, and they've, they've traded in large part of the strength of their brand. Uh, that includes some major high street and household names. Now, their clicks-to-bricks ratio has been eroding for a long time, and, and perhaps Q2 performance of this year might be the final nail for some of their coffins. So for that type of business, the focus has got to be to be as, as lean and efficient as they can. Um, and to keep the lights on while they they weather the storm. Um, it's simply impossible for these retail giants to pivot fast enough to make a, a major difference right now. They've all been on a gradual track to, to move to greater digital emphasis and they need to keep calm, execute a plan without panicking and put themselves in a strong position for, for next year and for the future. Just being patient, accept what comes to them from a sales point of view, but it's a great time for those businesses to be focused on their brand presence, building their content, uh, their organic strategies, and and set the sights on 2021 and beyond. The second type of business is the younger, more nimble, online-only proposition. And these businesses have mostly been experiencing significant upturn in the last few months if they manage to sort out their global supply chain challenges. Um, And their focus has to be on retaining the new customers they've gained during this period. They need to be heavily focused on their communications plans, slicing and dicing their customer data to make their messaging as relevant to the customer as possible and and really be ready to change up their messaging at a moment's notice. Um, This is the time when the digital marketing team need to be in total sync with the e-commerce merchandisers.
0: Just to add to that. One of the things I hear a lot about at the moment is the forming of habits and how it takes on average 66 days for somebody to form a habit. Of course we've seen an unprecedented adoption of online shopping versus in-store shopping over the past few months, far longer than the 66 days required on average to form these habits. What do you think is going to happen to this growth in online shopping when compared to in-store as we start to reopen the high street?
1: Well, I think you've got a lot of um, traditional shoppers, I suppose, who've been forced to, if they haven't shopped online before or it hasn't been a habit of theirs, they've been forced to take those steps, um, which means that it gradually becomes easier and easier for them and it becomes their go-to or their default position. Now, um, there's a lot of competition out there and there's virtually no company who sells something that somebody else doesn't also sell. So the real, the real um, kind of win in the game is going to be to, for the new brands and the new online players to actually create some loyalty in their customer base. That's where the wins are going to come from. And I'm hoping and praying that they don't all do it by jumping on the bandwagon of continuous discounts and always being on sale um, and they actually think about what their customers need what's one step away from the product that they've already bought from them and how they maintain that relationship and actually become a new preferred uh, venue of choice you know to go shopping online um, it's really difficult it's a it's a very um, convoluted place where you could be buying um, a product that is identical to somebody else's off a tiny retailer or from Amazon, for example. Everyone has the potential to deliver that great customer experience online without having a huge investment in retail premises. Um, To maintain it beyond that, let's just keep our fingers crossed that the better players really raise their game and, and deliver for the consumer.
0: So Nick, when you were at Bowdoin, you integrated AI solutions to improve the online experience of the consumer. What do you think the impact of AI will be on online customer experience? And do you think there are any dangers?
1: Okay. Um, uh, AI or or machine learning, it's been having an impact on on customer experience for a long time already um, but as, as customers, as consumers, we only really notice it when things go a little wrong, when the machines made a decision based on an algorithm that, that kind of contradicts common sense in, in the real world. Um, the latest iterations on the market seem to be striving to operate across such a multitude of different disciplines, which is which is a great sales tool for them, you know, being able to say our software can personalize your sort orders, uh, feed product recommendations, populate uh, UGC, and and automate your emails. However, as all of those medium and um, to large players in the machine learning space are, are all doing the same thing, they're they're meeting in the middle and they're they're fighting over the same clients, um, and the client, the actual retailer, if you like, who wants to implement something like this doesn't know which solution will be best for their business until they've gone through quite a painful process of implementing a, a suite of tools, learning how to use it as as best they can. And, and even then, it, it probably takes at least a year or two to judge the value it has or potentially hasn't um, added. And don't get me wrong, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of implementing the right technology, um, automating and enhancing processes wherever possible. and And the biggest danger comes from turning on a system without running enough comparative to tests. So you really understand what the system's doing for your audience uh, and above all else, give your teams enough time to really learn how to use it, get the, the data and the insight guys around the table with the e-commerce team. I mean, they should be doing that already on a daily basis, but especially when a third party tool is starting to make decisions on your behalf, measure it, don't trust it. Um, Cause it's not going to help anyone to blame it later if the results don't pay off.
0: Absolutely. As you mentioned before, uh, an important part of consumer-facing AI is to avoid artificial stupidity. Hmm. As I'm sure you will agree, when a consumer-facing AI gives bad recommendations, that creates a bad user experience. And that's why it's important for, for retailers to make sure that they pick uh, technology that enhances their user experience and that they can trust the technology that they've implemented. Anyway, so moving on to the next question. What do you think the greatest challenges facing e-commerce now and in the next five years? Hmm. Uh,
1: The global economy, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) zombie apocalypse, it it could be anything. But I mean, actually, in all all seriousness, of course, um, the background economy in in your marketplace is going to have an impact. Businesses seem to forget that sometimes when they they look at their sales figures uh, on a daily basis. I think uh, the biggest challenge has always been and always will be the connection that you, as as a brand, as a retailer, have with your customers. Um, Yeah. To make good decisions, you need to take into consideration every point of reference about the customer uh, we can, and I, I just don't think businesses take this seriously enough. I mean, some of them do, of course, but getting the right balance between data points on a customer journey, heat maps, session camps, page insights, conversion rates channel sources all of that and positioning those with actual customer feedback which um, you just don't get if you don't have a a physical retail presence Um, doing this online you're looking at data points all all of the time and and you're perhaps ignoring um, social listening outcomes of focus groups and you've got to blend those uh, pieces together and, and weigh them up get the information and make decisions you have so that you don't make decisions that could have a huge impact on your negative impact on your business. I think that the challenge is to help your business stakeholders stay level headed mm. and not be overly influenced by any one individual data source and swung in a in a potentially dangerous direction. It's it's got to be all about that connection to the customer and maintaining that as we remove ourselves further and further away from that relationship.
0: Absolutely. And it's all very well, of course, having reams and reams of data points. But what's so important is being able to aggregate and analyze that data and to combine multiple data sources. There is going to be some data sources that are less reliable or totally unreliable, and some that are going to be extremely accurate and reliable. And making use of all of them and deciding which ones to to trust is, I think, one of the one of the greatest challenges. So moving on to the final question, what have you seen in e-commerce recently that has most impressed you?
1: Um, we've been talking about the rise of social media for, for a long time. Um, it's got films about it, right? Um, and as it's become more pervasive, in, I suppose, in our everyday lives, um, of course, it's become increasingly commercialized. Um, the shopping journey through social media platforms is is far from perfect in many cases it's, it's shockingly bad right now um, but it is disruptive and it is becoming normal at an incredible pace um, what i find really interesting is that the businesses who are, seem to be dominating the space right now are not the well-known brands we'd normally hear from there are a significant number of niche players who are who are working in the space um, they're being highly targeted which of course is keeping their um, overheads down And although the experience itself is still on the whole relatively poor, they are hoovering up the traffic and the revenue. Um, It takes some pretty agile and lateral thinking to be to be able to do that well. Um, When some of the bigger players actually put some real resource and thinking behind that strategy, they'll absolutely reap the rewards. So it's exciting to see such rapid evolution. Um, There's still a long way to go to get it you know in a much more seamless and and customer friendly and oriented um, space but it seems right now more than a little out of control. Um, Social media is like the new wild west of e-commerce and and, and I kind of love it for that reason.
0: Fantastic well thank you so much for joining me here today Nick it was really good to have you and hear some of your thoughts on the latest innovation and news in the industry.
1: Thank you it's been a pleasure
0: that was retail consultant and former head of e-commerce Nick Stragnall talking about some of the most exciting things happening in the e-commerce industry. Be sure to subscribe to catch our future episodes where we'll be posing four questions to e-commerce leaders and solution providers. I'm Dylan Gray, a founder of Boon, a startup delivering a new data-driven and psychology-backed shopping experience with remarkable results. Until next time, thanks for listening.